show, also a part-time co-host of the afternoon stretch. At Jordan DeJani on Twitter. Good luck spelling it. Covers all things NFL for CBS Sports. Jordan, thanks so much for jumping on, buddy. Oh, maybe we don't have Jordan. Jordan, are you there? <laughs> I bet that was a really good that was like a really good wind up. It's like Randy Johnson on the mound, like getting ready to throw and then he hits a pigeon. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't work. It didn't work right it there. It looked like the beginning of that windup that one Yankees pitcher was doing to uh, Shohei Itani, and he <laughs> balked because he's just trying so hard to get him off pace. Uh, hello, hello. Hey, there's Jordan. Jordan. Yo, what's going on, guys? <laughs> oh, man, so glad. I knew we were going to get you in eventually on this show. For sure. Sorry, I'm not very athletic at Zoom, but I'm very <laughs> excited to be on the airwaves with you guys. Uh, first off, big cereal guy ran into him into the cereal aisle the other day at a grocery store that's not a sponsor of the show. It's kind of uh, like a rom com beginning. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit because we were just ran. He was. He had the music in. He's a. He, you're a music listener while you grocery shop, Jordan. See, I, I like to know my surroundings. I got to be ready at all times. Yeah, I definitely like listening to my sports podcast, my sports radio when I'm doing my grocery shopping. Not sure I can return to that supermarket because every time I go, I use the self-checkout, of course. And every time I go through, the security buzzers like freak out and they act like I'm stealing stuff every single time I go there. So I'm not sure I'm welcomed back, but it was great seeing you. <laughs> and, and I also appreciate it. I know you were listening to our, you know, you were catching up on the afternoon stretch. That's what the uh, sports podcast that you listen to. So. Appreciate you as an avid stretcher. Uh, let's talk about some NFL playoffs coming up. So far in this one, the storyline going into this week, Jordan, has definitely been Patrick Mahomes and that ankle. He comes out today, though, says everything's good, but Vegas has slowly slipped away from thinking everything's good. What, are you, what have been your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I think everyone assumes that he's going to play. There's no doubt about that. What really surprised me was that he was a full participant on the injury report for the Wednesday session. That really shocked me. I expected him to be a limited participant. So that's why I think there's good reason to take him at his word when he says that he's going to be ready to roll. Now, of course, it, it remains to be seen. His mobility, you know, that's really been an X factor for the Chiefs offense is Patrick Mahomes' mobility in the playoffs particularly. And if he doesn't have that, then that's obviously a minus for the Chiefs' offensive attack. But I will say this about the line. I was very surprised to see it open up around Bengals minus three. I have it up right in front of me right now. It's now at a pickup which was really surprising. So I'm sure everyone's excited for this most recent installment of what's a budding rivalry between Joe Burrow and Mr. Patrick Mahomes. What, what do you like this too? I mean, we're going to see obviously these, the AFC specifically all the oldest quarterback was Patrick Mahomes at 27 years old. It seems like we're going to be seeing this at least from the AFC side, uh, this, the, the same matchups going forward outside of some, you know, big trades or anything happening. No, absolutely. And yeah, that's why I described it as a budding rivalry. And, you know, talking specifically about Joe Burrow, he obviously took that big step into superstardom with that Super Bowl run last year. But to be honest with you, I think he took even another leap forward with that upset win 
over the Buffalo Bills in snowy Buffalo, right? That was the favorite to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. And, you know, they were the team of destiny after the DeMar Hamlin situation. And Joe Burrow just walks in there and starts throwing balls around with his eyes closed and completely dominates. Shout out to the Bengals defense as well for really standing on their heads in that matchup against Josh Allen. He had his uh, old buddy Stephon Diggs yelling at him at the end of that game. Yeah, you know, that's been one of the big headlines from this entire playoffs is the young quarterbacks. Not only having an elite quarterback under center, but having an elite quarterback on his rookie contract under center. That's how you build a contender. It's not necessarily a narrative that I 100% agree with, and it's one that I don't like discussing nationally because obviously the Titans don't exactly fit in that same boat in terms of having a young star quarterback. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's really the headline for this postseason matchup. In terms of the final four, just in general, I think that we definitely got the top four teams in the NFL. So it's shaping up to be a very entertaining Sunday. Talking with Jordan DeJani. Follow him on Twitter, at Jordan DeJani. Covers all things NFL for CBSSports.com. Bruno Reagan, say what's up, Jordan. Jordan, what do you make of the NFC? Because I think it's easy to look at their quarterbacks. Maybe they're not as sexy. They're Uh, their markets just haven't been as sexy and it just kind of seems like it's easy to wrap them down as oh they're trash but at least we have the Niners and the Eagles out of there Um, but we don't know what the Niners and Eagles can typically do because they're playing teams like the Giants and the Seahawks and their playoff brackets and is that fair to the NFC or is is it kind of going to be a come come to Jesus moment when we see the the Eagles or the Niners in the Super Bowl and you know anything can happen at that point but I just want to know your make of the NFC right now. Just in terms in general of the quarterback the situations around the NFC? Combined skill level. Because on this show, I think we we kind of talk down the NFC, to be honest. They don't hold a, t- a candle they to the AFC. It. And, huh? They deserve it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but when you're yeah, the Eagles I mean, and you blow out the Giants in the divisional round, you know, what are, what are we supposed to analyze out of that? What are we supposed to expect? Are, you pl- are they that good or are they just playing bad competition? Yeah, I got what you're saying. It's definitely a good question because when you look at the NFC side of things, just in the general landscape of the NFL, the NFC South was absolute trash. The NFC North was fool's gold when it came to the Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. The NFC West, of course, we got the Niners. And then in the NFC East, the Eagles, of course, are the last team standing. So, you know, when I'm looking at this situation, in terms specifically talking about the Eagles' blowout win over the Giants, I thought that said more about the Eagles than it did the Giants. The Giants did a great job in terms of that franchise getting back on the right track. Daniel Jones did enough to show that he's at least earned the opportunity to be the quarterback in 2023. I don't know if I would label him as a franchise signal caller, but Brian Dable seems to be a good hire. I think the Eagles really showed off what they are in terms of being a complete team on both sides of the ball in that win over the New York Giants. And the the fans definitely needed to see Jalen Hurts come out and have a dominant performance because he didn't look that great in the regular season finale against the New York Giants and Davis Webb. He finally got back on the right track there. When it it comes to this Eagles team, I have more confidence in them because I feel like they're more well-rounded. Yeah, it's true. I got more confidence in Brock Purdy than I do Jimmy Garoppolo. But at the same time, this Eagles offense is high-flying. They're also dominant on the ground when they want to be. And then they have the number two defense in the NFL behind the San Francisco 49ers as well. I look at the Eagles as one of the most, if not the most, complete team in the NFL. Jordan, while we have you on, I want to switch gears and ask you a local market-specific question because the Titans have been involved in multiple different uh, names. I don't think it's really even the situation like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all these free agent quarterbacks. I don't even think it's that 
their interest in the Titans that bring him to this list. I think the Titans situation makes them such an easy, uh, such an easy connection because the Titans, you know, are lacking in certain areas. The rest of the AFC has got these young talents. What are the Titans going to do? And frankly, I've just kind of been on the train of let's just ride out this Ryan Tannehill thing, see where it ends up, and then we'll we'll make a long term plan. But I know I've had some people on Twitter message me saying Tom Brady would be the best one year rental possible. I want to know your thoughts on that situation. So I think you're 100% right. I align with you. You know, the, the Titans and their quarterback situation is going to be the thing that we discussed this offseason, and, and for good reason. And I'll, I'll, the way I put it to everybody is that the Titans should definitely do their due diligence when it comes to exploring other avenues, whether that be, a, be via trade or, or even trading up in the draft. But at the same time, I think that the right answer is to ride with Ryan Tannehill moving into 2023. We've seen that this team can be successful when they have a gritty defense and a healthy offense. And what they need to do is not improve the quarterback position itself this offseason. They need to improve the wide receiver position, and they need to, to improve the offensive line as well. Because you know, all the conversations in local media this offseason are, well, are the Titans retooling or are they rebuilding? Well, I think that we wouldn't even be having this conversation if this Titans team remained healthy all season because they'd be one of the better teams in the AFC. Not to say they can compete uh, continuously with the Kansas City Chiefs and Cincinnati Bengals in the postseason, but you have to like where the Titans are just in general. I think the upgrades need to be on offense and wide receiver on the offensive line, and I'll also throw this in there too. The offensive coordinator is going to be a very important hire because I feel like we may see a different kind of philosophy that this Titans team adopts moving forward offensively and moving just a little bit further away from Derrick Henry being the workhorse. I want to see some more passing as well. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's fun to say that Jordan, but if you are going to change from the Derrick Henry led offense, then you don't want to have someone like Derrick Henry on, on the cap space. You don't want to have that kind of running back because you don't need it. The NFL's proven that so many times over and over again that it doesn't matter what running backs back there in these air raid offenses or whatever you want to call these pass happy league now we're in. You can have a Dontrell Hilliard back there and he will suffice great. He can even have a couple hundred yard games throughout the season on some of it just because people are so used to the run. But going back to what you said with Ryan Tannehill, I mean, there's no shot that he can change to that kind of style now. I feel like he, with the targets too that you have now, because that's the other side of it, you're going to bring in another big name wide receiver which the titans really don't re do too much I, I i just i'm i agree the oc is so important but i just don't think the titans are actually going to make that dramatic of a change because of the pieces that they're almost hindered by right now so you said the word change i think the word i used was shift not completely change and overhaul the offense but a, but a bit of a shift when it comes to the run um, run pass options, right? The Titans had the third worst passing offense in the NFL last year. I don't want to see that again moving forward in 2023, 2024, whatever it may be. I think their offensive coordinator needs to have some experience, not, not experience as a head coach, but someone who knows how to orchestrate and maintain at least an effective passing attack. Because Derrick Henry is obviously going to be one of your main weapons on offense, but we want to see more in the passing game, a more well-rounded offense, because that's going to lead to success for the Tennessee Titans, in my opinion. I think I think there's something to it. The OC is obviously very – who knows what's going to happen with it. Uh, I'm waiting for the call every day that it's going to be the tight ends coach or, you know, they're going to hire within. <laughs> it's, it's you know, the Rand Carthon situation. I thought uh, – I was surprised by how that played out. But the more – and, Jordan, I know you probably followed that too with the Rand Carthon stuff. The more that you heard from Rand Carthon, 
it kind of seemed like they found a guy. He came out and said it. I don't want to be a leader right now. I'm going to learn Mike Vrabel. I'm going to learn what he wants. And then, you know, in the time coming, I'm going to be a leader for the team then. But it kind of seems like they got a GM that's going to play Mike Vrabel ball uh, and and kind of fit into whatever Mike Vrabel is wanting the future of the Titans to be. Oh, 100%. And, you know, that was one thing I had my ears open to during that introductory press conference. I was wondering how the new GM was going to speak on Vrabel specifically. I mean, for one, they're supposed to work together, especially someone like Vrabel, who seems like he's on the path of having more say in an organization than your average head coach. I wonder what the tone would be since the GM is obviously kind of the boss of the head mm-hmm. coach. But, of course, Rand Carthon used the word collaboration 18,000 times, which I love. And the other thing I liked about him was saying that a successful franchise is about everyone in the football operations department. It's not him and Vrabel alone against the world. Scouts and everyone in that department are so important in this process. That's something that I picked on or picked up on over the past few years. Carthon obviously needs to, you know, get his feet, get his standings and his feelings when it comes to this franchise and understand what the Titans want to accomplish. But at the same time, we brought this guy in to make moves, to retool, to be better than we were in 2022. Yeah, because it almost kind of feels too, you know, it's one of the questions. I wasn't able to attend that day, but I wish I would have because I would have asked the question, like, Rand, are you okay with rocking the boat? Because everything you keep saying is collaborative and you're all going to work together. Somebody at some point, if things continue to trend south, you got to be able to put your foot down and say, no, we're doing it this way now. Would he be able to do that? It seems like they did do an inside hire with an outside hire. That's what this kind of feels like to me. Uh, Yeah, you know, I definitely get what you're saying. I don't know if I would exactly phrase it like that. But to your point, I thought that would have been a great question to ask during that press conference because we want to know what kind of changes are going to be made in this organization. And I will point to one thing as well. He was the director of pro personnel with the San Francisco 49ers, who, of course, are one of the most well-run organizations in the NFL. In that position, and I almost call it a prerequisite for becoming a GM at the NFL level. There's an emphasis on scouting. There's an emphasis on compiling a roster, much like the general manager does. And he also has some experience with that position, I would imagine, in writing contracts. So now that you are the lead man, there should be some kind of understanding that you are going to be the shot caller. You need to figure out the course that this franchise is going to go on moving forward. Jordan DeJani, always a great guest on any show. Got to check out all of his articles also, cbssports.com. Jordan, always appreciate it, buddy. Thanks so much for jumping on. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Good stuff from Jordan. Also follow him on Twitter at Jordan Janney.